Welcome to Puck Talk CS Season 4, Episode 22. I'm Chives alongside my co-host, Stephen Murno. Wanted to start the episode by stating that we changed something on the website interface that Puck Talk CS or Puck Talk Episodes is now the title of where all the episodes will be. We made the mistake of having our channel for all of the podcast episodes and posts under articles, and that's why we were getting so much traffic through our articles. So that's where the episodes will be. That's probably where you're listening to us right now. Thank you for listening, of course, and tuning in. It's NHL 2022 Stanley Cup playoff quarterfinal coverage for you today. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Chavs. What about yourself? Doing well. I think uh, I think after seeing some of the postseason, like seeing the Predators Av series close up, change uh, my perspective on a lot of things the last few days. So definitely been a little more introspective with college finishing up uh, the semester and I'll be home soon. Uh, what's new in the life of Steve? Well, I'm rolling the same way as you. You know, I'm finishing out the semester here. Uh, just a lot of work. You know, I'm sure for all the other people that are in college or have been in college that are listening to us, you know, with the last weekend or two weeks or so, the, the workload that you have to do for finals and everything. Uh, but we're pushing through. We're rolling along right here on this Tuesday. We got the back half of the games of the series coming up. We also have our first team that's moving on. So, of course, it's an exciting day. Exciting day also because we also have the draft lottery tonight, which should be interesting. Uh, who's getting that first pick? We shall wait and see tonight. You could also go take our poll at Puck Talk CS on Instagram to cast your vote on who you think is going to get the first pick. And without further ado, let's talk some Puck Chives. All right. Well, let's talk about the trophies first. I think this floored me. I cannot believe the – oh. Maybe not can't believe, but the Vezina Trophy finalists are Jacob Markstrom, UC Saros, and Igor Shesterkin. I brought up last up literally yesterday that Saros was like definitely in consideration at certain points in the season. It doesn't shock me, but I really do think Vasilevsky and Anderson were more important to not only their team, uh, but I think they were league leading in the NHL in stat categories and more consistent on a night-to-night basis. I don't think Jacob Markstrom was that consistent. And I think UC Soros was just played so often that he was in so many games. Uh, and I think it's hard to really, with recency bias, believe that Igor Shesterkin is a Vezina candidate right now, but his regular season certainly shows that. So I'm shocked that, my two other predictions were not one of them were the other goaltending option with Anderson and Vasilevsky. But what's your opinion, Steve? Well, I actually, I, I disagree with you on here. And I remember we talked about this back on 20, no, episode 18, I think it was, 18 or 19. And I thought that Markstrom and Saros deserved it. Markstrom, again, has a great year in Calgary. And you also, when you take a look at it, you know, 
aside from Vasilevsky and Tampa and Anderson and Carolina, I mean, if you remove the goaltenders out of those positions, Carolina's still got a strong team. You know, they have a lot around uh, their goaltender. And the same goes for Tampa. You take a look at Nashville, you know, and Soros was out in, in round one against the Avs, and he was a big loss. For, he was a very, very big loss for Nashville in, in this series. So I think overall he played a really big role uh, for Nashville this season. He had a great year. I remember mentioning his name uh, in the mid, during the midseason review, but he's had a great year. And for me, these these candidates are not really a surprise. They're they're all suspected, but I think that you know the king of the list right here is Shosturkin. Yeah, we're gonna disregard the uh, Ranger Penguin series uh, in this conversation right now to definitely state. I think, if anything, Igor Shosturkin is the most likely winner out of those three. I think. Personally, I just think Anderson and Vasilevsky would have challenged Shesterkin more, which means they should have been uh, the other candidates. But listen, congratulations to all, all three candidates. I mean, they're not, it's not like they're listening or anything to this podcast, but it is really nice to see a little bit of a change up in some of the goaltenders we're seeing uh, as finalists for the award. Now, the Norris Trophy, we got some returning players. It's all three players we talked about. I'm almost positive the both of us pegged all three of these players as the finalists, as the top three. We did. So Victor Hedman, Roman Yossi, and Kale McCarr. And I think this, of course, you're not the, the general managers and league executives are not supposed to consider the postseason. And I think it's going to be a close race. I think uh, Charlie McAvoy. And Adam Fox were definitely like right in the in the top 10 tier, right? But I think it's very evident now that these three players were the top three. Uh, so I completely agree with uh, the finalists, but uh, I, I really don't have much to say. I, I would not be disappointed in seeing one of these three winning because I think they all had seasons that were really, really great. Uh, and they've also Hedman and Yossi have won in recent years and Makar, it seems like it's his year. So I'd like to see him win uh, over the other candidates, but it doesn't take away from what Yossi and Hedman have done in that at their stage in their career. Yeah. I mean, I I'm right with you. You know, I don't really have uh, a lot more to say on top of this note. I mean, all three of these players had a great year. Hadn't been more on the lesser side. I think this is more of a race as we've battled this out here before between Yossi and Makar. But I don't know if you saw this last night, Chives, but Makar and Yossi, when they were uh, shaking lo- uh, hands at the end of the, the series, the two of them shared a moment where they had a they had a, a, a long convo uh, on the line. So it, it just makes me wonder what was said between them. I don't think I don't think it came out anywhere uh, of what was said, but it just this makes me curious of of what what they were saying as both players had a great year. So, Makar, Yossi, we could sit here and battle this one out all day long. But what I can tell you is is that Makar had a great night last night. The way to swing it into the sweep, uh, a shame. I really would have liked to see Nashville compete a little bit more, but it's also really proving that Colorado is dominant now. Uh, We saw this Colorado team, not the same team, but the same core players 
they lost to Vegas in six games in the second round last season after destroying the Blues in the first round. But I think this sweep felt different. This was dominant, and I think I, I can't see this Colorado team folding in the second round. Of course, we won't know. We've seen a lot of series take some interesting turns. That's what we love about the playoffs. But the sweep, I, I think that wasn't even Colorado at full force. And I think they can go full tilt. Uh, and I think when they compete against teams that are going to compete a little bit harder, we'll see how strong of a team and, and makeup of their structure and their lineup is and how strong their goaltending is right now. So I don't have much to say because I think I was hoping Nashville would put up more of a fight to make an entertaining series. I would have liked to see a closer series between these two teams. I like their makeup. I like the style of play they have. They have great home atmospheres. But uh, Forrest Gump said it best. As I don't have much more to say about that. Well, I know that this is uh, this series is is not really being talked a lot about uh, between the NHL media platforms uh, everywhere because this you know this series was if if it was about one thing it was about the how much the Avalanche can dominate. And again, I'm going to bring it back up again, Chives. Kale McCarr, he's arguably the most dynamic defenseman in this whole league. He's leading the NHL playoffs right now. He had another three-point night last night, and he had a beauty of a pass to set up the game winner. And I just think that he came out and he played great. You know, he showed us that he could be so dominant. Uh, as we saw that in the, in the when he came out of the second period and scored a goal to break the 1-1 tie. And, you know, I also want to bring up another point. How about another guy, Devon Taves, the guy that Lou Morello dealt for for two second-round picks from Colorado. He comes in, and he's having a great postseason as well. So this defense for Colorado is really taking charge here and really stepping up. And gun they're off. They're moving on to round two. And listen, Daryl Sutter said it right. <laughs> Whoever's going to play Colorado in that first round, just a waste of eight days. And how about this? Colorado didn't even make it eight days. Evo, I love pulling out the quotes there. How about you this? Know- How about this one, Chaz, before we transition? Uh, we also, going into the third period, it was tied 2-2. Uh, Flip uh, Forsberg wanted the puck so bad. He was banging on the ice, tapping on the ice with his stick as hard as he could. He buries the, uh, the go-ahead goal. At that time, could this have been the last game we see Flip Forsberg play as a Nashville Predator? That that just uh, that was one thought that I was having last night while watching the game. We'll have to wait in the offseason and see about that. But do you have any opinions on that now? Yeah, I think I was I was about to say that Lou Laramarello's worst move wasn't even trading Devontae's, but firing uh, Barry Trotz <laughs> or using him, quote unquote. But you know, in the same breath, if they sign Phil Forsberg in the offseason, then they got a goal scorer, a 40-goal scorer, and that's the Islanders have lacked goal scoring in the system that Barry Trotz built. But now there's so much insecurity with the Islanders. We'll see what happens with that. I know Forsberg is a top uh, trade candidate to go to the island, to UBS. Uh, but it could be. It really could be. But I think Nashville's just in this weird spot where they overachieved last season and then gave one of the best teams in the playoffs in Carolina a run for their money in six games, competed really well against a really well-built Carolina team. 
And this season, it's tough to gauge because you say, well, you made the postseason, but you got swept by the – could be the Stanley Cup champion, could be the at least most talented team in the playoffs. So I really think it's tough to gauge where Nashville is right now. And because of that, I'm not sure where Forsberg is going to end up. Like, is he part of a longer-term plan, or are they going to trade him and then start to try and have a turnover? Because Yakov Trenin had a great series – UC Soros had a great season. These are younger players, so we'll see what happens down there in Nashville. I like that you brought that up. Yep. All right, well, the Colorado Avalanche just dominated. They're moving on to round two. Let's transition over to another game last night, which was kind of a tough watch here and really uh, a really shock and surprise to everybody here. Rangers-Penguins, game four. Penguins come out, and they – the first – how about this? The first period was 1-1. It was a very contested and tight hockey game. Second period was just a practice shootout uh, on the Rangers. The Penguins come out and absolutely obliterate the Rangers. And this is this was honestly the worst hockey period while watching this game. This was the worst hockey period I've seen from the Rangers all season long. The New York Rangers folded. I mean... They struggled so bad on the road. I really think this has been a strange series. We have a triple overtime game in game one. And then game two, the Rangers, you know, win handedly at home. And the last two games, it's like they're lost out there. Uh, I think the, the most painful thing to watch was the reigning Norris Trophy winner, their star winger, who's being paid $11 million, their number one center, who they is his new contract has not even started yet at $8.5 million for eight years in Zibanejad. And Igor Shesterkin, the Vesna candidate, were all beat in the same play. There were three passes that were the zone exit. I don't even remember which goal was, but at that point, I kind of looked and I said, you know, not one player is playing to their full potential. Chris Crowder comes back, scored 50 goals on the season. I know we, we talked about him right before we got on the mic today. Steve, what are your thoughts about Crowder's play? What are your thoughts about Zibanejad's play? Because I think it comes down to the fact that the Penguins' horses are showing up, but that was the narrative the first few games. Now, I mean, some of their depth players, Dante Heinen has stepped up. Uh, Malkin's playing like it's 2008. Like, what, what are your thoughts on this series? Because there's a lot we could unpack, but I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to New York's underperforming tremendously and i think pittsburgh is playing to their full potential yeah i could sit here and talk about uh individual performances like the advantage at and Kreider, but i do i just i'm gonna focus on the whole new york ranger team as a whole because they look terrible they look lifeless they look stunned they look paralyzed out there i mean shesterkin even shesterkin looked uncomfortable and i do have to say that I do believe that the Pittsburgh fans may have gotten into his head uh, by chanting Igor, Igor. I mean, he he looked like he was seeing ghosts out there. I mean, so this whole team, I mean, they, they, have, they have a whole bunch of problems in order to address if they want to turn these things around. A, they have to win faceoffs. Throughout this whole game, they can't win a faceoff. And they have to keep in mind that if you're a team that cannot win faceoffs, Shesterkin's got to be throwing this puck back out because on three of those goals last night, they came right off face-off losses in uh, in the Penguins' offensive zone that Shesterkin easily could have just thrown the puck out because Zibanejad, not anybody. Cop, 
nobody can win a faceoff for the New York Rangers. And it, it, this is really kind of surprising because the New York Rangers have been uh, really good on faceoffs this season. So I, I, I don't know what happened last game. Now, Louis Domingue, you know, he's kind of been a fun story. But stopping the puck for me goes well beyond one player. And I think that the Penguins' defense was amazing. They they were on complete and total lockdown last night. Not even last night, but back in game three and this whole series long, too. Uh, so I think the Penguins' defense has to continue to neutralize and completely just shut down this Rangers team and this Rangers team this offense needs to be way better that front line now the additions that the Rangers added Vetrano Cop they've been the they have those uh Vetrano and Cop have been the two best players uh this whole series that the Rangers had I mean god if we're sitting here I wonder if the Rangers if they've never even acquired Vetrano and Cop where would they be because these are the two players that for me that they have looked the best out of all of them Chimes yeah, I actually I know you. we've talked about this a few times in the last few episodes. Like, their play's been outstanding. Uh, and I think the shame also is, that as much as we talked, we talked before we got on the mic again about the physical play aspect, which I understand. But I am really impressed with how Kako and Lafreniere have played as well. I think they played and stepped up, uh, as well as Keandre Miller. I think he's been their best defenseman. He is the only defenseman that throughout the last few games I've watched and said, you know, the Rangers have security when he's on the ice. Other than Miller, I think at points, Truba has been in in the same category, but otherwise the rest of the defense looks like, looks like uh, season three, a loss, man. Like they have no idea what's going on. So I think it's like, do or die at this point the series is three to one and they got smoked in Pittsburgh so they did um, I think none of their bread and butter worked power play was has been no like I can't believe the New York scored a power play goal in the postseason penalty kill I mean they've surrendered power play goal on power play goal this series taking bad penalties and I also think what doesn't help is controversy hasn't really leaned New York's way either, um, which I know the internet was ablaze with that last night and the last few games when there's been things that have happened. I'm definitely not saying that's a number one cause as to why New York's like not succeeding. It's not like their effort has gotten them to a point where, uh, you know, these calls are really like switching a game up. But I do think you have to consider that in every game there's been a controversy with a goal, with goaltender interference. And when you're already kind of down and getting your ass kicked, it's it's tough to like rebound when you're also not getting like a goal call your way or like a goal waved off or something. So I do think uh, that does play into it. I think that's reality. I think that's the best way to realistically look at the series and say, you know, the Rangers have, a, you know, they're like on the cliff right now and they don't really have much to grab onto. Yeah. Well, let's hear what Rangers head coach uh, Gerard Gallant had to say after last night's game. We got away from it. One goal, two goals. Uh, played soft. We were soft all over the ice. That's the biggest difference. We were soft all over the ice. All right. Well, you heard what Gallant had to say. And I couldn't agree more with what he had to say. The Rangers just about played the softest game I've ever seen in all my years of watching hockey. Absolutely terrible. And now the Penguins are cruising in this drive in the driver's seat. And not only that, but they've continued to look fresh 
all season long while the Rangers chives have just looked gassed. I think it's hard to believe that one team is the youngest in the playoffs and the other is the oldest. Um, you know what? I always joke around, especially now, having some experience. We've talk, we talk about hockey all the time, Steve. Uh, in between our, our hiatus of not doing puck talk, but for all the years we've done puck talk, I think what I really notice is all those coaching mantras, all those basic mantras always fit. It really comes down to energy. It comes down to momentum swings. Yes, it comes down to skill, but it also comes down to how hard the players want and are working for it. And those all apply to this series. I think at the end of the day, you could see that Pittsburgh has – Pittsburgh is arguably not as talented, arguably doesn't have as much depth, and, of course, does not have the goaltender in net to carry them. But they're up 3-1 to one in the series, and it's no mistake – so I do think it comes down to sometimes the intangibles. Yep. All right. So looking ahead to game number five tomorrow night, what do you think are some keys here that the New York Rangers and the Pittsburgh Penguins in order for both teams to succeed? What do you think the New York Rangers have to do and look to improve on or any changes that you think? And what do the Penguins need to improve on or keep doing uh, if the Penguins want to win and move on, or if the Rangers want to win and just stay alive, Chavs? I think the shame is the Rangers have done certain things in each game that gave, uh, you know, a, a sliver of life, like loft scoring early. Uh, you know, you would think that in a playoff game, if you score early, like you, the momentum's kind of your way, especially on the road. But Looking forward in this series, it's really shift by shift, game by game. Like the Rangers really are climbing out of a hole. And as much as I, for all the years that I've watched the playoffs and watched the Rangers in their heyday of the playoffs, I don't think they've ever been in a hole as deep, truthfully. Against Pittsburgh in 2014, they had won game one on the road. And the losses were close losses. They showed signs of life. In 2015 against Washington, their losses were close. 3-0, 1-0. They were getting opportunities. They just weren't capitalizing. Lundqvist was still playing really well. This series, it looks like nothing's going well. So I really do think that they're in the deepest hole they're in. And I think it's going to really come down to Anything for depth, top players, goaltending, like really saving them, uh, even though it has kind of all season. Special teams, if they're not playing well five on five, if they can get a power play goal and shut down a penalty kill, maybe win a few faceoffs, they could climb back in it. But I do think it's going to come down to a, a one, two, as many factors as possible that can even show some signs of life in the series. Yeah, I do want to. I keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, I do want to flash back. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, Chives, but to the last game of the regular season when the Rangers played the Penguins. And uh, for those of you, if you did know what happened, that at the end of the game, the Rangers won the game. Uh, Igor Shosturkin was waving goodbye to all of the Penguins players, Brian Russ, Sidney Crosby, as they were leaving the ice. So uh, uh, one of the Penguins players brought that up uh, the other night which I actually thought was uh, pretty interesting. That th- and I listen, I'm not saying that this is the reason why the Penguins are coming out and playing well, 
But, you know, this, this is, you know, one of the reasons why I'm totally against doing stuff like that, uh, especially at the end of a regular season game, you know, taunting the other team. So I'm not saying that, that this was motivating the Penguins by any sort, but I, looking back at that, you know, it is kind of ironic now how, you know, Sturkin was pulled in two games and the Penguins have come out with complete fire. And I mean, I do want to say one note on Jake Gensel is he is, he doesn't get a lot of credit that he deserves because obviously he plays on the line with Sidney Crosby and Crosby gets a lot of the mention. But I mean, Gensel is, when you look at the numbers, Gensel's the best player on the Pittsburgh team in the playoff, his numbers are out amazing. They're outstanding. So Jake Gensel is is one of the league's best goal scorers, and he is so dangerous. If you like last night, there are multiple times where the Rangers were just called lacking. And the Penguins, of course, you 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 give the opportunity like that, they just look faster and, and Crosby to Gensel is automatic. Uh and they're the ones that are gonna get the opportunities. So listen. You heard Travis's take. You heard my take. Let's see if the Rangers could take what we have. We have to say to make them improve, and we're gonna see tomorrow night who is going to prevail. I mean, overall, I mean, it's been an interesting series and an interesting playoffs. But hope you hope for a, a better game five. Yeah, and tonight we have a few game fives on the docket: Boston Bruins, Carolina Hurricanes, a Bruins team without Charlie McAvoy. No McAvoy, no Lindholm, no problem. I think Boston's looking for real right now. Our prediction was that if their first line was clicking, they'd be competitive in that series. Game five, Blues Wild. Despite the fact that every game's a blowout, it's still a tied series. Game five, Lightning Maple Leafs. Another series with some interesting storylines. That series is tied 2-2. A lot of blowout wins in that series. And LA Kings, Edmonton Oilers. Another series with some blowout wins. And... All of these series are tied. So it's going to be huge tonight to see who t- who breaks these ties. Just talked about the other side of the flip of the coin night uh, where the Rangers are down three to one now and the, and the Avs have already moved on to round two. This night tonight, I would definitely pay attention to if you're an NHL fan because you're getting three series that are four series that are tied uh, where game five will be pivotal uh, and all these series are going the distance. All right, tonight, uh... Chives, before we wrap up tonight, one game that you are most excited for? Well, we talked about how excited we are for Minnesota versus St. Louis because I got St. Louis in seven and you got the Wild in seven, but I'm really excited for all of them. Like, I think I'm most excited for Boston Carolina right now um, because I've enjoyed those games. Toronto, Tampa interests me a lot. Of course, Blues Wild is what I'm riding the most on. Uh, and I think I should say maybe the least excited is Edmonton LA because I feel like the victories are like always some sort of dominant victory. It's kind of like the New York and Pittsburgh series, the last few games, like game two, three, and four, where it's like, it's hard to be entertained when the game isn't like decided by one goal or so, you know, something of that nature in the postseason. So I would say it's got to be Carolina, Boston. I love the Toronto Tampa series and I'm definitely keeping my eye on the blues wild series. So, but Hey, hopefully we see the two best players in the world and a great LA Kings team. Give us a competitive game tonight. Yep. For me, I'm going to have to go with Tampa, Toronto. Um, Like I mentioned on the last episode is that, you know, after teams won the next game, the losing teams come out and just, 
absolutely physically dominating uh, the team that won the game before. So it'll be interesting to see who's going to be the better team and come out. This is a big game five. We're not going to see Tavares and Nylander playing on the same line. They will be separated for game five. And, you know, the Leafs at home, they're going to be loud as heck in that building. Uh, the fans are going to bring the heat. So uh, for me, I'm excited about that. I'm also excited for Bruins Hurricanes as well. We'll see if Boston could bring the same intensity that they played with at home. Be sure to look at the episodes page. We also have the archive, but the episode page is where all the posts will be at. I keep bringing it up. Uh, enjoy the playoffs tonight. We have plenty of content coming out on our Instagram and social media pages. And be sure to check out everything on our site. Uh, we really put a, a lot into trying to rebrand it and uh, make it a, a different experience than what we had in the past. So please check out our episodes. And if you didn't listen to them yesterday, give that a listen. And look at our daily predictions for our playoff brackets. We have plenty coming your way for the playoffs. And very exciting night tonight with all these game fives, Steve. Yep. Well, always remember, everyone, it's just the luck of the puck.